Hey everyone, it's your keeper, your pod boss, your best friend, and your sad boy. I do my best to never have bummers in these episodes that aren't related to the story that's happening, but this one is an important one. Today I come to you with a heavy heart to say that the IRL Mongo, the namesake of our favorite cigarette-smoking magical cat, has passed away. We'll talk about it in this episode, but the character of Mongo is based off of these silly little Instagram videos I'd make about this cat. He was such a good, sweet boy. And although his character was hardened by the world around him, he would still snuggle up close and just purr away like he was an engine that never ran out of fuel. For he had a lot of love to give. He is survived by his brother Sid, the O'Brien family, Sari, Colin, Eamon, and Fiona, myself, and his outdoor girlfriend, Clementine. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to my favorite boy, Mongo. I am very thankful that we can immortalize Mongo through this show. Good night, monsieur. See you on the other side. And welcome to Making Myth Takes. Uh, I am Colin Parker, and today I'm joined by Stephanie. That's me. Morgan. Hi. And Sam. Hello. Yay! Fantastic. Um, so if you are a fan of the podcast, The Adventure Zone, this is a very similar format to The The Adventure Zone Zone. Um, where essentially this is our time to talk to each other, to ask questions about character choices, to ask questions about theories, to say what do we think we'll see in the future, what we would like to see in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we do have a few submitted questions, but before we do, um, does anybody have a topic that they definitely want to dive into right off the bat? So, so first of all, I actually think it might be helpful since folks haven't heard from us in a while. Uh, That's fair. For to, each, each of us to like one sentence, uh, what arc, what character. Uh, That's a good point. Pretty much. That's yes. it. Just so that so that everyone's on the same page. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, then, Sam, since it was your idea, why don't you start us off? Yeah, uh, I'm Sam Grezes. I uh, play TJ Sanderson. I was in the first arc of Myth Takes. Mm -hmm. And also the holiday special, the Christmas holiday special. Yes, the holiday special. (laughs) Um, Morgan. Uh, I'm Morgan Spatola. I was in also the first arc with Sam. Uh, I play Alabasandra Smith, also known as just Allie. Um, And that's all I've done so far. (laughs) Um, Okay, and Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie Ikniowski, and I play Natalie, 
and I was in the second arc, Spellbound. With a little ooh after there, too. It was was in the title. I don't know what our, like... Our arc was called now. I can't it remember. It was called I can't homecoming. remember what it was. It like, was homecoming. homecoming. That's what it was. Oh, I was like thinking like Gone Dad or something. Like, <laughs> you know, like Gone Shit. Girl. Like, That's the next been. arc. Gone Dad. Gone, yeah. Dad. Gone Dad would have been a very good name Not for Gone that Girl. arc. Gone Dad. Gone yeah. Dad. Damn. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> Man. Well, from now on, Morgan's going to be naming every arc because clearly her ideas. <laughs> Are better than mine. What I'll do is I'll be the rough draft guy. I'll be like lobster, and then she'll be like, Mm-mm-mm, rock Pinchy lobster. Boy. <laughs> oh, okay, Pinch, pinchy boy. Yes. Boy. <laughs> so yes, so that's everyone's characters and arcs. Um, I will start off with a question for all of you, <gasps> which is, what is a monster that you specifically are hoping that you will see at some point here in Myth Takes, whether it's you know, specifically something that your character would go against, or if it's just a matter of like, you know, we I've never seen a monster of the week show go against, you know, the swamp thing. So I want something like that, you know? Uh Stephanie is like geeking out a little bit over here. She's like <laughs> waving her arm. So I'm assuming that means that you have something. Yeah. So even though I wouldn't consider it a monster in most like lore. It'd be cool to go up against like a mermaid or a siren kind of mm-hmm. thing and a chupacabra. Ooh, ah. chupacabra. Yeah. I was thinking chupacabras yes! too. I, I think there's this whole like it, it, there's it's so odd that between like there are what we have upwards of like nine plus podcasts on the network now. If there is one through line that runs through all of them, it is cryptids. Yes. And th- <laughs> that, like every show has touched on cryptids at least once. I think there's something really, really cool um, uh, that I think, uh, honestly, I think Myth Takes does. We do this, like, I think it, it, it's a unique thing that we do. I don't want to say we do it better than anyone else, but I, it, it is a unique thing that Myth Takes does where. It's we we're taking from like the history of all over, you know, the United States. Right. And like digging into cryptids from from those regions. I've never uh, I've never seen or listened to like a an actual play podcast where people fight Wendigos or anything like that. Um, So I don't know. I kind of want to I'm I'm excited to dig into that. A little bit more, maybe fight some Jersey Devils, the <gasps> the, the like pterodactyl yes! bird in Maryland. Oh my oh, god! Yeah! Um, uh, there are so many other ones. Um, like, I, I mean, not even fight them. Like, see a couple of jackalopes or, or right. whatever. Maybe friend, I, there's a- Bigfoot. Um. So. <laughs> so okay, but here's the thing, Sam. Everything that you're saying, I think I I definitely agree with. And here's something that's interesting for you. Like, so. Initially, when I was thinking of this show, and like I know that Sam was one of, I think, maybe the first people. In fact, I actually would maybe take a bet that Sam was the first person that I mentioned making this show to because I feel like uh, the Adventure Zone Amnesty had an episode come out and I listened to it, and Sam and I have been talking about something completely different. Probably uh-huh. related to like something like state your case. Um, 
related. But then I was like, hey, have you heard of the new episode? And you were like, yeah. And then I was like, we've got to get a goddamn show going on in this show, like in mm-hmm. this in this game. And you were like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But then it was like a matter of like, well, who do I ask to be on this show? And then eventually it was like, well, wait a minute. We could probably just, we don't have to have the same people every single time. You know, that's something that I think a lot of actual plays tend to do, but. Um, and that's fine. Right. And I think that's fine. That. Right. I, I absolutely have no <laughs> issue with that. And I do think that there are some pros and cons to both sides of it, right? You know, when you have the same people all the time, you do get to spend more time with those characters. So you do get a little bit more mm-hmm. emotionally invested. But it does mean that your range of what you can do with those people is very limited. Whereas if we get to play with every crown that's in the crown box, um, then we get to uh, color a pretty large and interesting picture and very much out of the lines. Um, But the thing is, is that also a lot of those shows tend to take place in one area. Um, Right. And truthfully, it's funny that like Sam is mentioning a lot of these cryptids and stuff like that and specifically like to the areas that they're from uh and like diving into areas cryptids i actually kind of got that idea from state your case as well because of the fact that like i feel like every episode um of state there's your like case, a cryptid corner yeah, yeah has that cryptid moment and you're right i think every single person in this uh network seems to be pretty interested in cryptid so i think it's a nice little thing for all of us to sort of gather at the proverbial table to kind of bond over uh, destroying them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will say about the Chupacabra, and I mentioned yes. this to Colin before, I would be especially excited because I, in seventh grade, I think it was, made a documentary about the <gasps> Chupacabra. Yes. Um, Do you still have I, it, by the way? Well, so hopefully it hasn't been lost to time, but I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> and I promise as soon as I find it, it will be on the internet because yes. it was just so precious. It was a fantastic <laughs> uh, piece of artwork that I made way back when. Um, so yeah, big fan of the Chupacabra over here in Arizona, where it's partially from. Right. Um, and I'm excited for everyone to meet my monster that I'm not going to give away yet. Yes. But, um, I will be... Uh, uh, running an arc soon ish. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure when, but yes. I'm mm-hmm. so stoked on the monster that I made um, for our heroes to fight. And I'm, it was partially inspired by like some old fairy tale legends that I just twisted into my own uh, fantastic needs because being the nerd that I am, I have like all of these books about like you know, whatever, like cryptids and fairy tales and different types of dragons and whatever bullshit. So when Colin said that I could make an arc, I was like, okay. So I sat down with all my books and I was like flipping through all of them until I found something that like really, you know, I guess called out to me for a good idea. So I'm just really excited about introducing my monster to the world. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And and I'm glad though, in a way that you now are experiencing something that I experienced, which is Every time I make plans for something that someone will have to face, I want to tell people, but then I can't. Right? Oh yeah, like, I want to talk about it so bad. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you're, you're you're saying all this. I've got I've got a, another one. All I'll say is I pretty much pulled the monster a little bit from like whole cloth from an episode of Supernatural. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm I'm 
at some point in the future i'm going to do a mini arc as well and yes. and i'm i'm like in your same boat on that i'm i'm so excited for for all this stuff for a split second i forgot about that too and like yeah i forgot that sam had come to me with that idea we got to get that one going too because that man everyone here just has such cool and fun little ideas and it's just it's wonderful i love it and that was kind of the point of the show too was that I remember Colin when you brought it up to me was like, oh, and it won't just be one person running the game like you always have. It'll be, you know, different people will rotate around. And you were even saying that you were like, well, I'm going to make a playable character, even though we don't know when I'll be able to play him. But Hank Mansfield is your actual playable character with a character class, even though he's just been like an NPC so far. So um, that'll be really exciting to be able to throw you into some arcs that you're not running so you can actually play your character that you made too. Right. Now, that being said, I also realized that because of the fact that I am the keeper uh, so far and you know will be for, I mean, I, again, we don't necessarily exactly know which arc is going to air first, but I think... You know, depending on when things start recording, I might be the keeper on the next one as well. Again, all depends on recording uh, <laughs> times. Um, but it's that thing of I also am aware people in the audience may be tired of my voice. So yes, I did come <laughs> up with a audience? character. Yeah, in the audience. Okay, thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> I know that you know it's that thing of the other reason why I also set that up with the way that like Hank is technically a playable character and everything like that is specifically for. The idea of the fact that then when someone else who is a playable character becomes a DM, essentially, that character is the person who would be in the bunker who's like, hey, Hank is out in the field. And like, you know, we're not going to see every single mission or every single thing that the team does because not everything that the teams do will necessarily be related to the main story, right? So there are definitely going to be quote unquote untold stories um, and so someone can be like, Hank is out in the field with these two characters. Um, so he had me running the board and this is what just came up. And then that way there is at least one character that every DM has that can answer questions um, like over like a radio or whatever to, you know, to provide nice. a- answers and have it make sense. You know what I mean? I also like this is kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier about having such a large cast um we were talking a little bit before we actually started recording about uh the avengers series of movies and i think that i I think that doing it in this way kind of gives us that ability of like okay let's shine the spotlight here for a little bit and have someone else tell the story um you know whoever one of us can be nick fury at any given time (laughs) depending on what kind of story we want to tell which I think uh, it, it, it's, yeah, like you were saying, it, it gives you less time to meet, love, and connect with these characters. But at the same time, I think if we're all doing it in service of, you know, of a story that then kind of comes together and, and becomes something really special, uh, yes. this, this allows us to tell a much, literally like a bigger, more sweeping story. Um, because like, I don't know, I I can, I can imagine the, the initiative, like at one point, literally like splintering and we're like all in different cells, like all over the world. And like, and then we come back together or whatever. And then this is all like, it, it gives us 
uh, this kind of lateral freedom in storytelling uh, that I feel like very few actual play podcasts or really any other uh, kind of Dungeons and Dragons style <laughs> like tabletop RPG uh, sessions have unless you're doing play by post. Right. It, right. Th- this is something that's really special, I think, about organizing myth takes in the way that that you did. So what you're saying is that we are the MCU of podcasting. Yes, I, that is exactly what right I'm now. saying. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, well, right now, Tim, we did we did the, just kind of end phase one, right? Like <gasps> we actually did, we did. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I mean, like although the lunar interlude well sorry that's not what our episodes are going to be called like it's like our bunker Netflix, break so like it's called a bunker break. bunker break damn that's good yeah our bunker breaks are going so to good. be uh obviously not action-packed but in a way those are slightly the avengers style episodes where it's like right you could see anybody and everybody truthfully in one episode if you know if it's timed properly or most of the people um and you are like it's funny as you were saying that that did make me realize that really we did set this thing up of like at any given time someone one team could be like what is our world's version of the x-men and then the west mm-hmm. coast avengers and the defenders and you know all these teams that kind of go off but then at the end of the day like the actual like main team is made up of everybody um and i really like the idea of this podcast is just like the MCU of podcasting. I feel like if that's not a part of our advertisement strategy from now on, then we <laughs> should be. Then we've messed up. Yeah. If we if we don't start putting that in. You're welcome um, for that phrasing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For sure. Um oddly, yep. oddly, the coolest thing I think about it actually is that like we could be talking about this in a like in a year. You know, we could be doing an episode and it could be the first time, like that two characters meet and have a have mm-hmm. a meaningful conversation. Yes, and I right? and I had thought about that as well. Like I, I love like, that. I think characters that's cool. that could potentially only meet like once, which is crazy yep. because this show is going to go for a while. Because you know, in order to reach everybody's stories, it it would take some time. Um, but some of these character types are somewhat similar, right? Like think garth and annabelle like there are right. definitely some differences between them but there's a lot of similarities as well so how often would we put two characters like that together quite possibly not often but we definitely will at some point because that's also sort of one of the points of this show is to get to try and have everybody work with everyone at least at, at least once um throughout mm-hmm. the process of the show um but the thing is, is that even if you only see them for one second, you know, that could be super meaningful to those two characters or even fans who are like, I just want to see Annabelle meet Garth. I just want to see it. And then <laughs> and then that moment happens and they're like, yes, this is it, <laughs> you know, um, so that would be I think that's pretty cool. I think what's also exciting with the way that we have everything set up, like with it being you know, not that we know too much about it yet, but this underground initiative that is somehow getting put together, you know, monster fighters or whatever, um, <laughs> is we have the opportunity to just like add on people whenever yes. we want, which right. I can also say will be happening at some point. Mm-hmm. So right. like the the universe won't be done growing 
for a while, I think, because like we have the freedom to either cut characters or add new characters whenever we want, depending on people's schedules and um, just due to the fact that it really is like this like amorphous, you know, right. I don't know, blob idea of a universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like well, it can just be whatever it needs to be for who it needs to be at the time. Yeah. Well, the last thing uh, I'll say on this before we move on to the next question, um, but I, I do think that something that you said does actually open up the door to discuss something that like for a while now I've been going, how do I bring bring up this topic? So um, yes, we are obviously going to have uh, new characters and stuff like that who will get... Uh, included um within the story whether they are just for an arc or if they're still kind of like flag better term like permanent um i think of it as like if you've ever seen a show like supernatural there are uh supporting characters that kind of come and go and they aren't in every episode um Mm -hmm. and they are there to help certain narratives happen and help certain uh, relationships happen um so there are i would say almost every single person that we met in the first three arcs are sort of our main talent if you will of like of these arcs right like there that's not to say that there aren't going to be meaningful stories or connections uh through the other characters but their time will just be later um Mm -hmm. because i want to make sure that we address the people who started it right Mm -hmm. um that being said we do already know that there are two characters that are uh kind of for lack of a better term already on hiatus um so uh, Naomi and Michael, who were just in the arc that just ended, arc number three, they played uh, Michael and um, I almost said Naomi's name again, Vera. Um, <laughs> uh, Naomi they, and Michael. <laughs> they, uh, when they first started doing the show, they thought they had more time on their schedule than they did. Um, but they both went back to college full time and are doing more than just their classes. You know, like they're uh, musicians, so they they have to go to concerts, they have to do rehearsals, they have to do all sorts of things for their schoolwork, and it was just a thing of like we realized that this was just too much to add to their schedule. So until they finish college, um, those two characters are going to essentially be not around. Like we'll probably have like a moment here or there where we might hear from one of them, but they won't be like in an arc. Um, and I don't want anyone to think that we are like ignoring those characters we or love you. Uh, there's no way that I would just suddenly be like, and now Michael's gone, you know, like <laughs> that's not what we're doing. But, you know, I wanted to let you know, very funny, Stephanie, Stephanie snapped her fingers uh, like Thanos did in Infinity War. And you know what? Even though it's been a year, still too soon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I did want to address that, that like there are two characters already that are about to suddenly not be in the limelight for at least a year uh and you know who knows what that may mean for their characters or the story but you know it's sometimes things just happen you know this is this is another thing that having a large cast allows us to do i mean speaking personally i can't speak for anyone else but if tj's story ends like i'm happy like if tj's story ends in a satisfying way i'm happy with like turning TJ into an NPC and rolling a new character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, I am totally okay having the spotlight change in that, in that kind of way. And in, in fact, 
I think that's something like not to like I'm I'm not the keeper or anything, but I I I think that is something special and kind of cool that we can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I also think that like if for whatever reason someone were to die in this series, right. I wouldn't cut that person entirely from the series. Like I would give them an opportunity to to whether it's to do flashbacks, whether it's to do I, who knows. Like we would, we would have all sorts of things that we could talk about to include that person uh, still in the series. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that being said, um, oops, hang on a second. I had a question from a fan, <gasps> uh, which is electric okay. fan or like okay, very fan. funny. Um, so Alyssa, <laughs> goddamn, Alyssa wrote to us and asked. Uh, what is a like for lack of a better term conspiracy theory um that you have about whether it's your character or another character like what is a big reveal that you just based off what we already know what is something that you like think that you see coming down the road that's a really good question mm-hmm. cuz like obviously i have some right yeah but what that mean the I, I can't share those mm-hmm. because and and that's the other thing right like what I do love about games like this is that I have outlines for arcs, but like, especially ones that I know I'm not going to get to anytime soon, have even less bare bone uh, stuff on them. Because if you take the very first arc, for example, sometimes you have certain things planned out and then people make a left turn that you weren't mm-hmm. planning for. And that could totally change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's not a bad thing, right? That's like a that's a good thing because that means that not only am I keeping the players on their toes, but the players are keeping me on my toes. Like Sam, your whole scene where you went out to oh, the, the uh, to, to get like the football yes. launcher and everything like that. Oh, the the stupid van launcher. Oh, so good. <laughs> but like, I had no idea where you were going with this when you were like, "Can I make a pit stop?" And in my head, I was like where would TJ need to make a pit stop? And like, the bathroom. I was like, what is happening? So I was like, yeah, let's, I mean, sure. I mean, I can't say no. Like, let's, let's explore this. What's going on. And you know, that idea was just absolutely fascinating. And it painted the picture of like, I changed the battle scene drastically based off of that moment. Like knowing that we had something where, you know, there was a catapult, essentially like uh, essentially a minivan tank uh i was like well i can't have them fight on the ground inside i've got to take this outside you know <laughs> um but that's not a conspiracy theory my my <laughs> whole thing is like you know what is like a big reveal that like that you think might happen well i hope that we get to meet Allie's mom at some point uh yeah and that like in real time because i obviously like i wrote fan fiction about my own yeah. character. I don't know what you call that about her mom. Nice. It's like it's a background like, story in a way. Yeah, their, their whole her whole family dynamic is something that I'm interested in exploring. So I hope that we get to actually meet mom like IRL instead of in a flashback. Right. Um, and then I also just, I don't know, I'm not very good at like conspiracy theories, but I was like connecting dots. So I don't know, yeah. let me know what y'all think about this. But like in the first arc with the gargoyles, um, they they had a big netherworld portal to another world open. And then as soon as we injured the big bad, he was trying to get away into that portal. And I think he did escape. I can't remember if he escaped into the portal or not. But then the same thing happened with the Wendigo. 
the big bad mm-hmm. started escaping mm-hmm. into a big portal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. We have lots of portals here. Because there was so, one for John, right? Yes. Did, okay, just make sure. <laughs> Wait, is that where John went or no? I think so, because I can't remember one. At the end of the, the second ghost. arc, yeah, at the end of the second killed. arc, uh, John like kind of is like watching from the shadows and John uh, steps through one. And uh, there was sort of like, although you don't necessarily see it, I sort of teased it in the beginning of the third arc as well. Um, it, it, so in case people haven't connected certain dots, because again, like there's a lot of mystery and stuff like that. And like, this is a mystery here that I don't mind connecting a dot for so that maybe people start knowing better what to look out for kind of thing. But at the beginning of arc three, um, there's a uh, mysterious man standing on a porch talking to a character named Alexi who ends up being the big bad at the end of arc number three. But the mysterious man says that he has to head back east, that there's something in Massachusetts that he needs to take care of. Okay. And he steps around the corner. I figured corner. that was John. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He steps around the corner and then he's just sort of gone. Okay. So like, this is something that like, you know, we started to address a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, John is a character that I think made the beginning of the second arc a little slower, but it was necessary because John is a character that we will see uh, like not in every arc, uh, but he's definitely going to be around a lot. He's our Thanos. So, <laughs> God. So, <laughs> Sam, have you given any thought at all to the necklace that TJ found in our arc? Because that's something the, else that I've been scratching my head about. Yep. And like the weird the house amulet. and shit. Yeah. That, this is Im- immediately where my mind goes. And uh, this is so, I, when you asked me that question, this is what I was thinking about. Okay. I was thinking like, I have an amulet. It has a pull. It pulled me towards a thing that I didn't have time to like explore further I really right wish we like could've. i well i i kind i'm so glad i'm actually glad we didn't because like when this if and when this comes up again you know yeah. i don't know this is i'm i'm cool with this mystery being like being a long kind of burning one right right but yeah so so that's i don't i don't know how this is it, it's all obviously i don't know how any of it's connected yet but it seems like it might have something to do with the portals or like it it comes from there i don't know um that said this is something that that i'm really excited for for tj because with that ability with that oops ability uh where i just find something that's plot relevant <laughs> help helpful or not playing as a high schooler who you know has like a lot of other priorities and thinks he's invincible and like obviously like wants to help out means well wants to save the world but like doesn't i mean probably doesn't have as much interest in the bigger picture as most of the other characters in the arc do um having tj as kind of a repository for all of these like plot MacGuffins is going to be a lot of fun because you know if it's up to him to weave everything together uh it's going to be a little bit troublesome probably (laughs) um i realized that like so this is something that i realized actually during the third arc that whenever i'm recording in the same room as someone who doesn't know all the secrets 
during certain questions and moments, I need to cover part of my face <laughs> because I have reactions and I try not to show, but then people pick up on them. So all of a sudden I realized that I was having a facial expression in response to something that TJ was saying, whether that means that he was on the right path or if I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, 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 I'm already distracting. <laughs> I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you what the face was, um, but I definitely was like, oh, I need to put a hat up. And that is also shown in the moment where uh, they were making a plan in the third arc and they were like, we can all get on the uh, the snowmobile and then we can jump off. Right. Right. And I was fine with that happening. In fact, I was hoping that was going to happen and I was trying not to smile. And then Naomi turned and looked at me and realized that there was a smile on my face. And she says, wait a minute. But if we do that, we're all going to have to roll for it, aren't we? And then just under my breath, I went, damn it. <laughs> I realized I'd given away the thing that I was like, yes, yes, drive in. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I think what's what's cool is is that tj uh i will i will give you this tj or sorry sam you are already mm-hmm. uh you know like kind of getting on the right track with some of this questioning um it is also linked to another mysterious thing that happened in that first arc sure specifically that happened to tj and okay. we'll have to see if tj can figure out what the connection is between all of those moments oh my god i'm I'm trying to so this is this is the kind of thing that that has always been tough for me no matter what kind of tabletop game I'm playing is like so if if I am able to stitch together the mystery right um does your I have character to, though does my character know and that's that I feel like that's a big like that is probably one of the hardest things to do even if you're really good at role playing right mm-hmm. right having your character act as if you don't know something is nearly impossible mm-hmm. it really uh, is because well because either you act completely uh like oblivious to everything or you try and steer your character out of danger or you just or say fuck it and like yeah i know everything now whatever i have solved the big mystery here's you here's how it puzzle. is yeah um, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that's and like that's always a tough thing too, because like I'm always like, how much do I give away at a time? But it's like I do know that there is going to be a moment for Buck, for example, who's played by Alex Taylor. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm gonna have a big reveal for him probably in the next arc that he is in that I am the keeper for. Um, and the thing is that I'm gonna tell him something that Buck does not know. Mm. But like what I mean by this is like there will be something that is revealed like I don't know how to say this without giving it all away but essentially I know that there is a moment coming up that and I've said some stuff like this since the beginning right of like I know that part of my job or what I want to do with this story is really test a lot of people's like ideas on what is true what is not I mean right. like their characters rather sorry not the not the people themselves and like also test friendships and alliances and like you know how deep do they actually run stuff like that so like there's things that like i know specifically like that i am that i will sort of like make happen because they are also detrimental not detrimental i mean they are like essential sorry for well i'm like not to use this term but it literally is essential for our end game sure Um, yeah and there's something that i know that like specifically that i was like i'm going to torture alex with this information 
and it's gonna like and i want to see how he handles going through this whole thing you know and so like stuff like that i think is what makes tabletop role-playing games so much fun because like sometimes i love the moments where people are like well since i know this i would personally do this but however my character's an idiot and he doesn't know so i guess mm -hmm. he's gonna go through the door you know it's like the person who knows that there's clearly a trap on the other side but it's like Mm -hmm. he there's no way that he could know i i have to open that door Mm -hmm. here we go you know um yeah i um i can't wait for like more of natalie's background to be revealed Mm -hmm. because i know like colin and i have talked about it and we laid it all out but we've hinted at it a little bit but it there's stuff that natalie doesn't even know right um and then also just the connection with her choker and then uh was it kimberly elizabeth mm-hmm. yeah and that choker mm-hmm. see what's going on there. he's smiling i was like just don't smile he's <laughs> yeah i, I want to know actually audibly gasped when they revealed that um that natalie was a witch like that was such yeah. a good fun reveal for me like there was an audible gasp when i was listening to it i was so excited yes! Yeah, and see, I can't like, wait to get back into your story. That's yeah. like that's a, an example of one of those like fun things that like you don't sort of like plan for like because uh, because of the type of character that she is right like there's no character type that is literally mm-hmm. called the witch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So right when you get a character that has magical abilities, it's up to the character to decide that you know like how do they um, personify that like or how do you identify that in you know human terms like do you call yourself a witch or wizard or warlock or whatever or do you have a, t- a totally different term for it and the thing is like obviously there are things that i knew because like you said you know we've talked yeah. about some of the stuff uh and she gave me these things so that i knew where like what things to paint in mm-hmm. and like what not to paint over um but i did not expect her to tell them at that moment and so that was again a moment of like she dropped that information and also like at the perfect moment like that was like right at like a halfway point for something and it was Mm -hmm. like it's like without even knowing like it's not like she was looking at the clock or anything like that (laughs) she just sort of dropped it and i was like that is a perfect way to leave that scene so you know yeah it was it was it's everyone here is very good at what they do oh my gosh it makes Um, me excited to explore my own character because i also have edgy secrets (gasps) we haven't gotten into yet yeah (laughs) i'm so excited just like to interact with other characters too like if we three end up in an arc Mm -hmm. it'll be fun to just see our dynamic compared to the other people we worked with absolutely and you know i like also the fact that like some of the npcs that we have seen um they don't have anything past what they've already done and some of them will be around of a fair amount yes um and some of those characters also have backgrounds or histories that um whether they know it or not do link into everything that happens here in the story and some of it purely just based on the fact that people wanted them to stick around terry (laughs) Terry was not supposed to be a long-term yep. character. You just think, did a really good job. Well, the thing yeah, is, I think neither was Riggs. Yes, yeah. they're my two favorite. Yeah, I, I, uh, Ever. I will made admit, Riggs happen on accident. Riggs, so. I knew Riggs was going to be, like, for me, a long-term character because oh, okay, I love doing that I, voice. I didn't shoot. I love doing that voice, and, like, especially once we had the moment where he could get kidnapped and everything like that, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I, now I definitely have ways to keep him around. 
and like you know keep him involved in the story um and i was Allie, actually a little concerned that he might <laughs> die in the first time i was so upset Allie feels personally responsible for anything that happens to Riggs from here on out like Aww. she did not mean for him to stick around like that she was it was just an accidental side effect of her power right. so. and see i love that because you and cram have a very different reaction to characters that they did not intend to stick around <laughs> you did not right. intend to make you know rig stick around or like to do these things you know that would uh, affect him in this way so you're like oh now i feel responsible for him like and I, right. I love you know like not like love love rigs but it's like i love rigs like i like he you know he precious yeah must protect right right um, yeah but like graham i specifically put him in this car with terry and i didn't name terry after a fan because i was like it's gonna be a one and done scene i just have to give graham a little bit of information and then we'll be on our way you didn't you didn't even have terry's like you you came up with terry's name like on the fly didn't you it was <laughs> yeah. like someone asked you what's the uber driver's name right or like and what shows up on the app yeah i think like, it was, i'm pretty sure it was uh jordan which is also i think retaliation for the fact that every time he would mention anything i'll go cool and what's the name of that internet yeah. friend of yours and he'd be like yeah, good, i good, don't good. know man <laughs> kickflip party 515 <laughs> i don't know man like come on don't do this to me and i love putting him on the spot for things like that but like that's the thing they're like what's his name i was like i uh, i don't uh, terry <laughs> i guess terry and you know and then i just i was like i'm just gonna give him this one piece of information and then Graham was like, and it was in character. It's not like Graham was like, hey, fuck your improv. It was <laughs> right. his his character's you know personality, and I never thought about it, is to absolutely be standoffish like that. And I was like, oh, shit. But then immediately someone else was like, well, I want to call a lift. And then it was like, okay. <laughs> and there was sort of this moment of like, I see what's happening. So now people want Terry to be involved. Yeah. People want Terry to be back. And so like, then we just kept bringing Terry back basically. I'm just excited to get back into it. I know me too. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, me too. And now, I, and now speaking of uh, Graham's character, actually, I am excited <laughs> for Allie and Lucy to meet because I think that'll be interesting. Um, <gasps> I just feel like that would be a good pairing. I think it's going to be very interesting for anyone to to meet Lucy at this point because I yeah. think that out of every character we've had, Lucy is the least, um, and I don't mean this like in the sense of like in a bad way. Lucy is the least likable, um, yeah. like most it's, antagon like you antagonistic. Yeah, for right, her, right. Like, and that's what I mean, right? Like as far as like if they the were room, not her. Right, as if like, as in like the idea of like not from a fan standpoint, but in the standpoint right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're standing sitting in a room. And you want to create chit chat. Not only does Lucy not get what your chit chat is about, yeah. but she's not about it. You like know for I mean? any Game of Thrones mm. people, like I know people hate Cersei, but they love her too because she's just so conniving and everything. But if you put all the characters in the room and it was like, go talk to someone, you don't want to go talk to her. She's nah, just yeah, exactly. the worst in the best way. Okay, so I wanted to give a real quick uh, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Um, yeah. Okay, I want to give a thank you to Daniel Miners, to Stephen Meter, to Renita Parker. Hey, that's my mom. To Colin <laughs> O'Brien. To whoops, hang on, it did not load everybody, and that's I thought a weird it did. Name. What go you? Okay, here we go. Uh, Brits on bikes. Uh, oh, hey, thanks. I I can't believe I haven't thanked them before. 
Reds on Bikes is another great podcast that's out there. They use Kids on Bikes, and um, uh, obviously uh, it's set in Britain. So Reds on Bikes. Um, Holly Flanagan, Jill Hulslander, uh, Kay Diddy, and Stephen Ado, right? That's how you say his last name? And I'm so sorry. I don't know how I missed this. I thought I read Dan twice, and then I realized it's because there's two Daniels. Daniel Spencer. How could I forget to say thank you to Daniel Spencer? Daniel Spencer was like the first, like, Dan Spencer and Colin O'Brien, both uh, of which are patrons, were probably tied in in the sense of I cannot tell you who texted me about it first to be like I need to talk to you about this show that you're doing because I love it um, but they were both like super fans from day one essentially so thanks to both of them Colin O'Brien has had a million different uh, conspiracy theories himself yes. specifically about he called one right he was the one who called the uh, the launcher yes. yeah the launcher fan. it was the great launcher. because obviously we'd already recorded the episode where it happened right but you know we record usually two episodes at a time so we put out episode five where we really talked about it and in between five and six he was like oh this is gonna happen and I was like that's just just you wait in two weeks you're gonna see that you yep. nailed it um and I love that he is very good at coming up with names for things. Um, of course, I've already forgotten what they are at this point, but like he had come up with a name for like the van with the launcher attached. He came up with nicknames for other people's items, um, stuff like that. So like it's pretty great. Um, and also thanks to Dan Spencer because uh, he was, I mean, he still is obviously a very big uh, like just support system really for this show. Dan Dan Spencer uh, preaches the good word about this show all the time, still to this day. Uh, so be sure to check him out as well. He does also have some podcasts like Kids on Bikes, Woo! Uh, The Fourth Journal, which he just joined, and of course, Woo! also on the Scavengers Network, Apodolesma, uh, which is another actual play show that he and Tracy and Beth and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. Go listen it's to It's a it. game that is wild because there's no gm so like you just have to like there are times where you pass the reins over to other people and you just have to be trusting that they are going to do right by you basically because like they are at times able to control the outcome of your character's actions yeah you guys have you're only like two episodes in or whatever and i still just can't believe that you just like come up with that stuff it's so good of your head it's wild what like it's yeah. it's very good. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's uh, just started, so you don't have to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and episode two just aired. Session two just aired. By the time you're hearing this episode, I was like, um, it did. No, <laughs> it, it, it comes it. out. It comes out this Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So it comes right. out in We're two recording days. Recording from the past. Yeah. Ooh, time travel. Oh. You sir, what day is it? No, okay. Um, <laughs> it's no, Friday. Where are we? When are we? Right. We are here now at session two of Making Myth Takes. I am the current keeper uh, and I guess maybe moderator for today. I don't even know. 
I don't know how this works, but uh, I am Colin Parker, and I am joined today by Graham Thompson. Hey, how's it going? By Jordan Reed. Hello, everybody. And our good friend, James Anderson. Hello, James. Should I be here? You should, James. Of course. If, if people, um, in case people have, have missed it, the winter uh, candle night special included James Anderson. Uh, James Anderson is also a super fan and also a uh, wonderful part of the Scavengers Network. So, you know, that's why we have you here. Yeah, actually, I have a question for uh, for Garth. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jordan over there. Hi, um, Graham. So we were in the same arc. Uh, we fought some witches together. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and going back and uh, I guess listening to the other two arcs, uh, both were like, I mean, I feel like all three arcs were a lot of fun to listen to. Like, I know we got down and dirty with like our stuff and like what happened. We, we know everything, uh, the unedited, everything before and after all the recording stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but after listening to like the other two arcs, uh, which you think would have been a uh, which one would you, cho- you choose if you couldn't have been in the witch arc? Would you rather have been in the shape? No, not the shapeshifter gargoyle or the uh, the oh, what were those called? Wendigo. Wendigo? This, yes, Wendigo. Thank you. For me, uh, Jordan Reed and for Garth, uh, for sure, one hundred percent Wendigo. Mm. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense to me. That's my short answer. What's your long answer? Uh, I would just say when to go, but I would say it very long. Uh, <laughs> um, what about what about you though, Graham? Like, if for whatever reason, if you know, a shoe had been on a different foot, right? Like, if Hank had made a different call as to who was going into the field, into which location, um, if he had not sent Lucy to fight witches, where uh, which of the two? um arcs do you think that you would have liked to see lucy definitely not the wendigo arc because it would have been too cold and she would have complained the whole time she oh god that's regardless. so true that's very true that makes <laughs> so also, much sense <laughs> but also because like the uh the gargoyle would have been interesting because we could have had some like fun like uh chase sequences with like i don't know an angel flying after a gargoyle being like come back and fight me you coward <laughs> Ooh, yeah that's a good point that is a very good point um okay uh does anybody else have any questions i have several but okay is, is that okay <laughs> yeah go for it <laughs> um okay uh this the first question is for jordan hello james um, y- hello um so garth um was listening to various music during the course of that arc and i've listened to some of the music that garth was listening to and they're not of in they're not in the same section of the record store you could say what <laughs> was it that made you pick the 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 tracks and the bands and the albums that that you had Garth be listening to those were directly based off of uh like newer groups that I was finding out about especially when we were recording uh what had happened like there was this parallel between recording the show and then me being in a place where I think it like, at least for me, it happens like maybe three times a year where I'm like, everything I'm listening to is so stale mm. and I need new stuff. So I was on a rabbit hole of specifically like, I don't know what the name is like new jazz adjacent stuff mm-hmm. and then metal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why 
there were specifically those groups like uh, Frontier paired with Chiquita Magic yeah. is very silly, yeah. uh, at least for me. But you're right. Yeah, they would be on opposite ends of the record store for sure. But that's why. There's nothing. The, the only rhyme or reason was because I was just into them at that time personally. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And I think it's really cool that you that you dug deep and you were listening to them as well. I think that's great. Absolutely. I, whenever I hear music mentioned in that way, I'm like, I have a, a list of things that I write. I write my, I write that kind of thing down on because I, I was always sick of people recommending me stuff and then me not ever taking them up on those recommendations. So I sort oh, of sure. formalized it into, oh, I heard about this thing. Let me write it down. And so and I know you're a, you're a musician and I think mu- what songs musicians listen to is especially interesting to me. Um, mm. So that was especially important for me to, to write down what you were checking out. I think that's really cool. Like uh, I, I, I have a running list as well, but like, looking into a thing that there are people who do that thing all the time i think is neat like you know why why are we so obsessed with food shows and stuff and like finding the places that only the quote locals know about you know because yeah. that's what like food experts or chefs or writers or whatever that's where they're going like well they obviously i don't know i i think that's neat yeah. i like that um hey graham yo what's up <laughs> <laughs> um so you play Lucy, who, if I'm not mistaken, and Colin, if you want to cut this out, I just want to check my facts here, is uh, identifies as some as a gender different than you. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's correct. Um, I also play a character on my on Kids on Bikes that uh, named Mary, uh, who identifies as a gender that is different than than me. What have how have you found that? How have you found playing a character that is different from you in that regard? Has it been difficult? Has it been have you found any insight in that? Um, well, in general, <laughs> I I tried to design or tried to write Lucy in a way that I knew was drastically different than myself to try to like to try to put myself to kind of just throw myself in the deep end of like a character that like I I could have played I could have played an even more socially awkward version of Garth right. that is like that, that would have been like me. Right. <laughs> um, but instead, I decided to play like this this very moody, very like mean. Yeah. Like I, I mean, Angel. Yeah. It's also interesting because I don't really. There's certain social norms that I feel like are lost on Lucy. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't. I, don't, I feel like she doesn't really view gender as like a thing. Okay. And I don't know if gender's even particularly important to her. She's a divine. She's from another plane. She's from a a, a place where that doesn't really, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't weigh much on her. Right. It, it's like a, I, I don't know. Her her physical appearance is purely for, I guess, the the listeners. To right. Pick, pick, pick a, a, a Christian angel. Sure. It's right. pretty easy to, to imagine in your, in your head. And that that's what Lucy is. On a different planet, um, she'd look differently. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, or and, and and I've thought about this, and I've 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 had I've theorized, and I'm like, if it ever comes up, I'd I'd like to delve into this. I I, uh, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, in general, it's like it's it, it's kind of refreshing playing someone that is very much different than myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you finding? I did the same thing. It's funny. It's so funny to hear you say that. I was like, all right, let's make a character that is the opposite of me, and then. As I've been playing her, 
I've been finding so many things that are just that's just me. That's just like I it it's the, it makes sense. Like I've I've had things where I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna play that. I'm not gonna do that because that's what James wants to do, not what Mary wants to do. But there have been things where I've been like, nope, that's I didn't realize I felt that way, and I agree with her, and we're so much more similar than I realized. Have you have you encountered that too, where it's like you 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 set out to go the polar opposite of yourself, but you're finding yourself. Have you noticed any similarities between yourself and Lucy that you didn't realize you would? Yeah, I mean, th- there's there there are parts of me that definitely rub off on my character that I kind of I kind of wish didn't happen. Mm. Like th- like in any in any video game or anything like like Fallout, Mass Effect. I always play the Paragon. I always play the absolute nicest guy possible. Right. So like whenever I'm, especially in in game and everything that occur with Natalie, when Natalie's like, guys, do you you don't hate me because I'm a witch. And I just want to be like, no, of course we don't hate you. Of course, like that, that's perfectly fine. But I have to be like, no, L- Lucy would be, she she would be mean. Uh, and then I, I find somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, the difference between me and Hank, uh, although we both have pasts that I think we regret um, and kind of like worse past kind of thing, like we used to be worse people. I think Hanks are obviously much more grave. Uh, and the difference, the bigger difference between the two of us is that Hank is a genius and I'm a dum-dum. False. False. So, with that being <laughs> said, false. Uh, let me, okay, actually, before I ask an audience question, James, did you have any more questions? Yes. Colin, um, yes. I have a question for you. Okay. It's my standard um, uh, keeper GM DM question. Sure. Because my favorite thing about the idea of someone guiding the ship. Mm-hmm of cats is that um people go off off and do whatever was there something in these past three arcs what was the biggest delta in terms of what you had planned versus what actually happened in the three arcs there were a couple things um i think there was only two that got like i don't mean interesting in the way of like what's fascinating i'm like interesting in the sense of like i got a little like nervous about for lack of a better term one of them ended up being like way better than I could have expected. The other one was just more of, well, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. So the first one is when Sam in the first arc, I thought it was like, all right, let's make a game plan and go fight the gargoyles. And suddenly TJ's like, I need to make a pit stop. And I was like, what the hell could TJ possibly? And I was <laughs> like, and like, I was, and the thing is like, there's that like, unless it's something that will completely break the game or the, story that we're doing at that moment like for example if someone was like i want to go find a weapon that automatically kills demons <laughs> uh-huh. right i'm not gonna let that happen because we're gonna be facing demons and other evil creatures and it's like well where does the magic of that stop you know like where does it draw the lines it's just like that's something that would break things yeah so i would say no to that but i was like all right yeah let's let's go for it let's see what you got and he came up with this thing that was absolutely amazing. And it changed how I handled the fight scene. Like they were initially going yeah. to fight every gargoyle inside. Just some of them in yeah. like the the like chapel area and then the the boss obviously upstairs. But sure. once he was like, we have a catapult attached to the minivan, yeah. I was like, all right, well, we've got to fight him outside. Like there's no other option, you know? Yeah. Um the other one was and we talked about it in the first session of this, but um, Naomi and Michael uh, initially agreed to do the show, and 
one of the one of the best things about a rotating cast is that we can pull people in or have people kind of, for lack of a better term, sort of disappear for a while, and it still makes sense, and it also doesn't stop the show entirely. Um, and, I mean, there's a million things that suddenly start to happen, and then schedules don't line up, like, at all. Uh, and so that happens, you know? And sometimes you have to kind of make, a like, a lateral pass or, like, call an audible, really, and try to keep things running. The episode in which... Um, Vera has kind of like the side conversation with Mongo and he at the very end of the episode gives her the option of going to fight everyone on top of the hill or going with him right then and there to start studying magic. We left that open ended because we actually weren't sure if her schedule was going to allow her to be able to record uh, the finale of the arc. So we literally made an episode with an ending that would answer why she wouldn't be there in the event that she couldn't be there. Oh, interesting. So truthfully, I think the, the best part about being a keeper is that um, you can have an outline or you can have things planned, but you know, you always have to be aware that that's not how it's going to go down. Like, yeah. you know, you can basically have plans just to kind of give yourself an outline and a general basis. But truthfully, like you're trying to keep the players on their toes just as much as they're trying to keep you on your toes. Just so, just so the, the the listeners know, like how real Terry became, Colin is literally wearing a T shirt that was inspired by <laughs> yes. Terry. That's how that's how much I think that we all love Terry. Colin would be I, topless I, I right agree. now if it wasn't for Terry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt that Jordan actually sent me that says Nightmare and Era, which was the first bonus episode of Myth Takes. Um, which actually, before we get, I realize that I keep saying before we get to listener questions, but. That does actually give me a, a perfect segue into asking you, Jordan. Um, you and I have talked about you doing a few more of those bonus uh, uh, episodes and arcs where you are the keeper and yes. you work with either NPCs or current players just to do sort of like little one-off stories, whether they're flashbacks or something that's happening currently or whatever. Um, is there anything or anybody that you uh, are really looking forward to working with or someone's story that you really are looking forward to diving into? Not particularly, no. Uh, and I do realize that I have a very difficult time saying the word particularly. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Like, to, to be to be totally, totally transparent, uh, I think that I have an issue, like, I get in my own head way too much when I overplan a lot of things. So... Like for you and me doing that thing, it was like, I think you and I did a quick little five second thing because everyone was sneezing and coughing and yes. everyone's like, I need a, I need like five seconds. I'm like, okay, Colin, here we go. We're going to an Arby's or a meatball shop or whatever it was. It was an Arby's, yeah. It, oh yeah, it was an Arby's. Uh, yeah. So uh, not really. I mean, that just sort of sparked the thing. I, I, I think it'd be funny to do one um, with Officer Riggs. I think mm -hmm. that would be funny. I think people would enjoy that. Um, but honestly, I, the only thought I've really put into it is that I'd like to do multiple, but I don't really know yet. No, I haven't really put too much thought into it. Would you prefer, exactly. would you prefer if, um, if you got on a call with someone and then they revealed themselves and then you did an adventure just learning right then and there who it was going to be? Yes. That's actually amazing. That's a great idea, James. Thank yeah, you. I like that idea. It's like the masked singer, except there's except uh, Ken Jong isn't there, and it's just uh, <laughs> and it's an audio format. 
Right. But otherwise, um, yeah. like, sink. Yeah. Yeah. It's like T-Pain <laughs> suddenly from, hops on, you know? Aside from, like, the huge major details of that show and the budget, exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's get to some audience questions. Um, right. We have two from Jeff Riggs, who is the person that Officer Riggs is named after. Please, um, Officer I will, Jeff Riggs. Yeah. Yep. Mr. <laughs> Jeff Riggs at Jeff's Your Hero. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I'll do this one first because it's a quick answer. This one is for Colin M. Parker. From a voice acting and uh, presentation standpoint, Hank reminds me of the director from Red versus Blue. Was this a direct inspiration or more of a unintentional, quote, the things we're fans of work their way into our subconscious thing? Um, it is definitely the latter. I actually didn't think about it until you said it. And I went, no, there's no. And then I sat there and thought, like played back things in my head from that show. And I was like, oh, shit, Hank really is just that character. Um, and I mean, that's kind of where a lot of my voices do end up coming from, whether I know that that's exactly where they're from. And I feel like that's probably the same thing for everyone on the cast. Um, as far as voice acting goes, like a lot of the times we have some sort of reference. Um, Officer Riggs, you know, your namesake is very much based off of every like nine, like early 1900s cartoon from Disney that had the same voice actor who was always drinking too much moonshine. Yeah. You know, he was like, well, I'm going to do this yep. thing now, you know, and that was not my best vo uh, rigs. I'm still a little rough on the on the edges on the voice, but like I knew that that was a funny voice that I could do. And I was like, I'm going to use them. Uh, and it was funny to me to have it be a cop because it, it's super not threatening to hear that voice. And yet he's a man of the law. OK, so this one uh, is also from Jeff Riggs. This one's for the whole cast. Um, and. You know, James, you can answer this one, even though it's not for your show. Technically, you can still kind of give us a little bit of what you think, because um, okay. I, you know, you do play a very iconic character in tabletop role playing podcasts as well. Derek, I know, yeah, he's really good. <laughs> um, so, did as much of your character's backstory get revealed in the prequel episodes as you expected? Whether it's or maybe more of it was released, or maybe less. Oh, I, I'm trying to think of how I'm, I'm trying to get an appropriate like <laughs> estimate for this because uh, like <laughs> I think there was just as much or I revealed just as much as I wanted to as was kind of sprung on me <laughs> things that were revealed yeah. that I didn't know about my character that are now yes. I guess left to be open about but um, I think there's a lot especially regarding like what exactly I'm here to do mm -hmm. who I'm aligned with what I'm specifically trying to accomplish and oh dear there are so many people that are on our team that lucy is just going to be naturally antagonistic with like i can't wait for the scene where she just sees noctis and she just looks at hank and just goes come on you're <laughs> kidding right <laughs> um we're here to like she's here because we're interrogating her and they're gonna kill her right <laughs> oh <laughs> and but see like that's that's also a really interesting point though right is like there's one of the, my favorite things about this stuff right and especially with like doing a mystery based show is i definitely like we do the prologue stuff and then i usually have at least one or two questions for everyone off mic um to kind of see like where their heads are at as far as who their characters are and maybe if there's anything that they have not yet revealed themselves uh, because I want to find a way to help them get that stuff in naturally. But everyone, everyone's backstory has 
openings in it and or everyone has some sort of moment that is left to be colored in and so i kind of have a nice little playground to like essentially throw things out there like the fact that lucy should have recognized john and yet she did not and like that is absolutely like done on purpose like to start planting some sort of seed of like there is something not right about that but like why why is that you know and that's a mystery i hate him more than i should right and there's a mystery between the two of them but also really for everybody to understand why lucy has this connection with this person that they just met i i kind of made garth uh to where he wasn't a particularly deep character um but the one thing that i realized and i think colin i think that you kind of touched on it um is that the way that you're setting things up and correct me if i'm wrong you you kind of have a sense of things that you would like to have happen for each of our characters and i think like because of your design and then all of us having to react to what you put in play for us uh and then depending on how we react that might skew whatever you have um i think that kind of lends itself well to even more character development uh whether we knew that our characters were going to make certain decisions or choices or have this in their past uh i think yeah um it's Does that's that that's, that's pretty close like basically like what i'm doing is like i'm definitely not trying to make any decisions for anybody because that's not exactly my place right yeah. um but what i am trying to do is is something that's very typical in shows like this or especially things like superhero movies and things like that is that when you do have a team uh every main character usually has some sort of uh like story arc for themselves of personal growth um, or at least some sort of like revelation, like some sort of moment that like that way when the story is done, it's not just like, oh, well, this person was there along for the ride, right? Like the main characters always have something that like should feel like there was some sort of satisfactory. Anytime you have a phase of stuff, right? And then you come to a clear like bookend of a moment, um, you know, there are moments that like you want to make sure that uh something has some sort of satisfying moment to make sure that it's like all not in vain kind of thing because then mm-hmm. otherwise it's like well what if we told four spider-man stories and he didn't become a better superhero at all right like yeah what what's the point of putting <laughs> spider-man in any of those movies at that point so it's stuff like that right it's like the idea of i want characters and players to leave at the end of the campaign going like yeah that was a satisfying ending for my character and i also think that because we are all good friends i think there's a lot of desire to want to have some sort of one-on-one moment to make sure that they are having their limelight essentially right yeah i agree with that i guess i i'm not i'm not sure if i explained it like super great but i guess through your storytelling is how I'm also finding out more about my own character as mm, well. Yes. So it's okay, there's yeah. uh if we're gonna use like a big business 2016 sort of a word, synergy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Like who could forget the uh the fantastic booch arc? That was my favorite. 
Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like that was, that, that was like a, a little taste, if you will, of what kind of growth that Garth can go through, you know, that was kind of like a mini arc, like an experimental arc, just to sort of test the waters. Well, I guess it was, it, test the kombucha. It transferred over to me yeah. because then I went out and I tried kombucha and I'm like, yeah, this sounds pretty good. What I'm here to talk to you about today is Derek and he is uh, an underutilized character. He has a vast backstory that has not been explored and I'd like to see him come back for a longer arc. You know what? I would too, actually. And that is not okay. a joke. I would love to see... You know, the funny thing is, like, you know, we had talked about it at one point about, you know, what was going to be the cutoff point, for lack of a better term, for this show um, and casting and stuff like that. And then we really had a desire from people who joined the network after we got the show started to be involved in it. And I think that that sort of set aside or set like a a good precedent of like, you know what, we can have... Like, not, I would never call anyone, like, as a person, right, like, on in the Scavengers Network, a B-team person. But what I mean mm. more of is, you know, the, the, the people that we saw in the prologue are sort of our main focus for sure. this campaign. Yeah. But in TV shows, right, like, think of the TV show Supernatural. You have, like, two to three main characters, and then there's a billion supporting actors and actresses that are either there for two to three episodes or they're there for seasons on end, you know? Right. And I was like, recurring you know, that, that, yeah, exactly. Recurring roles. And I was like, that's really what this show should be. Like we should have some main stage, like, you know, main cast and then re, uh, recurring uh, characters. And so, you know, I, I would love to see Derek or if you want to have a character that's not an, uh, a Christmas elf, um, you know, you're more than welcome to have a character like that as well. I think I'm pretty much um, tied into that. So and that's totally fine. It's it's more of like being able to put out there for for all of you that like there is this kind of like open space and like open invitation. Um, that as long as we can make it work scheduling wise, you know, we'll we'll get we'll get people in. Well, let um, me have, may, may I ask you a question related to that? Yeah, yeah. First of all, let me say that I was. I wasn't joking because I do like to be on all the podcasts all the time, and I'd love it if everyone could be listening to me at all times. But um, <laughs> if if Derek doesn't work out, it's totally fine. That was mostly it was like thirty percent a joke. Um, so my question though is, how is this working out uh, in terms of the show? How do you feel like such a large cast is going? Are you like uh, how like we're, so? You're three arcs in. You've right. gotten everyone has gotten let's call it screen time pod time and now you're going into mix and match mode is what i understand right. is that correct okay. yes so how are you feeling like what what maybe if you want to give like i don't want to tell you how to answer the question but answer it in this exact way one good thing <laughs> and like one like sort of like a benefit that you didn't maybe realize that was going to happen right. or maybe you did or whatever and then something that's sort of like oh that was harder than i thought it was going to be one of the the good things is that is uh, having this many people in the show, um, both between the now idea of adding recurring characters and also having the main cast of characters, um, it gives us way more colors of paint on the palette. Um, And I do sometimes feel like there is a little (laughs) bit of a Bob Ross component. Like, you know, we get to combine different paints and make happy little friends and, you know, little moments in different areas on this canvas. Um, One of the things that does make it difficult um, 
though. And like, we, we actually talked about this in the first session a little bit, but like something that is for lack of a better term, easy to do with a show like kids on bikes, where you have five main characters, right. And a, and a keeper, there are five main characters that you see in every episode. Right. And so the thing is, is that every single episode, they are in the forefront of your mind and you can deal with their growth and the things that they go through. Uh, thank you for sharing as a picture of Bob Austin. Um, the thing is, when I grow my hair out, I don't look that far off from him. So maybe I'll do that next. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing the, the thing is, is that like, you can really do those those deep dives into characters' background stories right. like much earlier on. Like we've started to tease certain things for characters in our show and we're now at one year, right? right. You guys haven't quite hit the one year mark yet. And right. with, even under the uh, a year, you have had some extremely emotional moments. Right. Yeah. And, and so, because yeah. you get to do that, you know, you get to get to those a little bit quicker. So that is like kind of the one downside of, yeah. of having this many people. Even if, even if like, the, I think in the episode that just came out, I think my character was there for like two, like two minute long scenes. And I remembered yeah. that and, and, and it was fine. It, it worked naturally and how, how the timing was and whatever. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's never necessarily even every episode, right. but the idea is that like, you know, you're trying to make sure that everyone is a get screen time, but also right. B like, there is the idea of like maybe this episode is a little light on Mary, but in the next episode, Mary's going to have like almost right. half the episode. So, and, it, and it's not like Mary not being in episode seven means that when episode eight comes and and she comes back, people are like, "Oh, right, okay, Mary, who?" Right, okay. exactly, yes. And so this that that's sort of my that's one of my concerns is that like, you know, you know, I've been Team Annabelle from from minute zero basically right. like there's this character annabelle and i was like sign me up so yes i, I you know I, I you know garth and lucy i mean like there are people like i i guess i guess i'm i'm interested to see how it goes because i think you're exactly right it's there's longer downtime for these characters for so characters. it's sort of hard to like set up a a foreshadowing or like an arc or whatever and deliver on that Right. You're going to have to do a well, uh, single, like everyone's going to have to split off and do their own podcast. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the thing is, is like, I, I will say like, that's there, there's two things that I would like to do with that. Basically. The first is, is the bonus episodes. Like yeah. I would love to have episodes that aren't exactly, you know, necessary for you, the listener to hear like for the actual backstory of like what is happening in the main story arcs of yeah. myth takes. Um, you know, like, because I don't want to say like, oh, and if you're a patron, uh, you would know that we already faced this <laughs> enemy, right? Like, but it's like, but if you didn't, well, I guess you're just going to figure this out all out but on context clues. I don't want that. But I would love to have like, you know, for example, like if there is a story that is happening uh, that is one of the flag of better term, like let's call it like a main quest, right? In one yeah. arc. Um, if the bonus episode has like a side quest, that happens like simultaneously because like these three people are out in the field over in this state. But even though this monster over here is not related to the apocalypse, there is still a monster <laughs> in this town. Right. We should send someone out there, you know? So like having like little fun, extra stories. Um, yep. and I mean, truth be told, I know we've also mentioned this before in some, some conversations off to the side, like if we really can get this show off the ground and we, 
um, get to the point where this can become our full-time job, I would have no issue with making this uh, an every week podcast. Mm. Um, the only issue is that like it is time consuming both to record and to edit. Yeah. Um, because editing this show takes anywhere between eight to 15 hours, depending on how quickly the music comes to me or how quickly, um, you know, the audio editing process can be, cause sometimes you get a file and someone forgot that they turned their fan on and you're spending like hours on end trying to, <laughs> you know, fix their audio so that it sounds as close as possible to right. everybody else's audio. Right. Um, so, you know, episodes take a while. And so if I'm doing, you know, eight to 15 hour edits every week, like, unfortunately, like right now, it's just not something that I can do. But like, sure. if this was our full-time job, we could make that happen. Right. Um, or also potentially if we could get ahead of schedule enough in the recording process that we could make that happen, that also is a possibility because we're pretty much always only an episode or two ahead of schedule at any right. point. Um, right. But, you know, I, 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 I do sometimes worry about not seeing characters for a while. The balance may come from sometimes everyone having to be okay with us making decisions for other characters and not in the sense of we act as those characters, but, you know, to, to give some filler scenes of like, there's adventures that we don't see but someone could say, oh, man, it's like last week, Garth and I were out in, you know, Wisconsin, and we had to fight this thing. <laughs> oh, man, Garth got such a gnarly cut. I was not sure he was going to make it. Thank God that Lucy, you know, managed to, like, get him to the infirmary in time. And, like, look at him. Now he's he's walking around as if nothing, nothing happened. But, like, it got a little scary there, you know? <laughs> so having moments like that where people can just sort of mention each other in passing and... Yeah fill out this world i think also helps um, if i if if i may if i were to ever get in a situation like that where mm -hmm. someone was like oh garth and i were fighting whatever and then i had to jump back in like a few months later and i had a bionic arm sign me up <laughs> right <laughs> um it also now, you also get yeah. you can like if that like that's a good way to sort of test the waters for for like those bonus episodes you were talking about like if you if off the cuff, Garth is like, oh, yeah, remember when Derek and I had to rob that convenience store? <laughs> it made sense at the time and then quickly went downhill. And everyone is like, you know, like all the, the hundreds of thousands of fans are like, oh, man, we want to see that. And then we'd be like, all Actually, right, well, we yeah, got to record that. That is a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that. But, yeah. yeah, mentioning something like that and then if someone's like, I need to see this scene, that yeah. becomes an automatic, easy bonus episode or i mean um, even like or, just writing down things that are mentioned and just having them as options because you know how sometimes you're just like i need bonus content yeah uh, oh absolutely yeah, or yeah even or even like that uh halloween episode we yeah. did just a fun little oh, one that so session awesome. that takes like an hour and a half yeah like something short sweet yeah very simple i mean even i would like, love to do some like live shows of this too i mean like yeah. even if they're not you know selling out major auditoriums like the adventure zone would I would Even love just to just minor ones. Right. I know, but I mean, I would love to just yeah. get somewhere where we could say like, Hey, we're going to put on this show, like, and yeah. not, not even really charge much, like just enough to pay the people to like open the doors essentially. And like, mm -hmm. let us be there and just be like, we want to just test some stuff out just come out to this show and, you know, like have a good time with us. Like, we just want to see what it's like to do these little one-off stories. Yeah. And like the one-offs can be very low key. They don't have to involve like, 
I don't know, some sort of like amazing fight scene right. at the end. It can be something stupid. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The bunker's out of food. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh! We need two people to go down to the convenience store and pick us up ramen. Like a, a comic book annual <laughs> issue, like where it's yes. like, yeah. man, we gotta play. It's it's Garth and Lucy and TJ okay. versus Noctis and Annabelle and whatever in like, in like a, a dodgeball game or something. <laughs> yeah. And Garth is like, why? I don't do this. <laughs> what is happening? Absolutely. And Lucy's like, we must beat the other team at all costs. Right. <laughs> and it's great because like, you know, it's that thing of like, you know, TJ is kind of like a whatever, you know, yeah. but then the second he gets hit with a dodgeball, he's like, oh, it's fucking on. Yeah. I mean, he goes and gets his like, van. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, people start pulling out actual moves and stuff like that. And see, like that is a great idea for a little. Lucy starts teleporting. Right, right Come hand. on, you can't do yeah, that. It's whoa, cheating. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. No cheating like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here is the last question uh, of the making myth takes, and we'll come back and do another one of these next year. Um. So here's a really great question, which is, um. I'm trying to remember how I worded it yesterday because the actual wording of this question is a little is a little weird. Um, but what is like a conspiracy theory that you have about this show or a character? Um, I think uh, uh, I think the way that we worded this was like, what is a like a fan theory that you have, like you know, based on something that we have already seen, right? Like, what do you think some of those mysteries mean? Like, for example, um, Sam said that he doesn't exactly know what it is yet. But he does like know that the amulet that he found in that first arc is like is definitely going to be important, especially because he used an ability called Oops, which uh, automatically lets him find something that is relevant to like the main storyline. Um, you know, so it's things like that, like little little theories or little things that we haven't seen yet, and this is not related to monsters, like things related to characters, things that we haven't seen yet that we think we might see uh my theory i have one theory and it's it's kind of broad uh but i don't know whatever dude um (laughs) i think that (laughs) i thought that was very funny um (laughs) i think that one we are going to find out that uh one of the people who is quote unquote on the team is going to be bad is going to be a bad a bad person uh, or against I guess against the team and I have a feeling that I know who it is but I don't know if we want to get this specific so I I, I have mentioned it brief, briefly in like the I guess the introductory like the the, the very first episodes of, of myth takes and whatnot that uh that Lucy is bound to the sword that the sword is her and she is the sword that they are they are they are together they are one thing uh my my fan theory is that the uh the amulet is another angel that is uh like a rival of lucy's that's very bubbly and kind and loving and lucy's like worst nightmare is being summoned to the same plane as her and uh uh at some point tj will summon her and lucy will be just be like i'll just uh snap my sword in half and go right back to heaven (laughs) i love that I love that. I'm, 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 I'm. Unfortunately, that's going to have to happen now because I'm invested in that story already. So I'm sorry. As, as, as the resident fan, that's already canon. So I guess start well, casting. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm now gonna have to change a lot of uh, what I've written. But yeah, she's like, she's like a, a, a very long-haired, like, uh, or no, no short redhead. Mm-hmm. 
that's yeah very very bubbly yeah. and, and kind and lucy looks just, like lucille ball much to lucy's <laughs> consternation <laughs> dang it colin i meant to text you about this today uh because I, I got caught up on myth takes and i watched them, or i listened to the most recent episode yep. and uh when they're all running out of whatever spoilers if you haven't you ha- you've listened to this by yeah. now you have to yeah. uh when they're all running out of the cave and uh uh you voice mongo mm-hmm. and he's like towards the back and they're all just running and i like that you still did the the cigarette like <laughs> puff. i like the idea he's just running just as he's as he's like running <laughs> to me, for whatever reason to me mongo, that put a very funny image in my head because mongo is this like you know smoking french cat basically like french american cat <laughs> To me, like the cigarette is always in his lips, right? <laughs> and just always kind of like dangling. So like as he's talking, it's you yeah. know, it's like bouncing, but like it never falls out. Maybe that's the magic of it. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and like the second it, it goes out, he immediately lights another one. All right, James, give us your theory. Um, here's my theory. It's an overarching theory. Okay. This organization that Hank is the head of and that we've been leading up to and everything. Mm-hmm bad organization (laughs) he's recruiting all these people and they're not good and like they're good but he's like getting them to do things that aren't good and like he's gonna send them on missions and stuff and gradually they're gonna be like hey wait a minute Right. Yeah. Like the bad. Like that big bird. Like we didn't need to kill that bird. (laughs) But Hank said we need to definitely destroy that dang bird. Garth and I literally knocked over a convenience store. Wait a minute. There's something wrong here. Yeah. Um, it, uh, then that can easily be a new uh, bonus episode is where Garth and Derek rob a grocery store or a convenience store. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually, real quick, I do want to go back to that idea that James had earlier of I love the idea of uh, is that Joe Trulio? That's <laughs> <laughs> Joe Trulio. Right. Sorry. That's, that's so funny. American Summer. Um, yes, yeah, that one is, of the best movies. It's such it a good really movie. is so good. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the idea, though, of like Jordan getting on a call and not knowing who's going to be on the other end of it. It's like DM roulette, basically, yeah. but, or yeah. like player roulette. That's really, that's really cool. So, okay. Um, so let's start saying our goodbyes. Um, let's do... Uh, let's start with James. James, where can people find you, both podcasts and uh, online? When will this come out? Uh, this comes out next week, literally a week from the day that we're recording this. Okay, I will not reveal that secret then. So, um, <sighs> do you wish you'd lied to me? Okay, um. <laughs> it comes out. It comes out on Monday. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start incorporating Wait, it comes out. that. Do you wish you lied to me? It comes out uh, on the 23rd. I'm kidding. Um, okay. So uh, you can find me um, on the podcast Kids on Bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at kids underscore bikes on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter individually at unabashed James. Um, and then I also do a show with one of my Kids on Bikes co-stars, uh, David, called Track Meet, uh, which is... Uh, it, the scavengers network show historical hotties but for music like we ripped off them and then we made it for music <laughs> uh, they're going to be our next guests though the Lin- the nelson oh, sisters awesome. are going to be our next guests so i'm really excited that's about gonna that. be such a good episode it's a very good podcast it is a thank very you. good podcast thank you graham do you think that my podcast is good 
<laughs> do you wish now? Yes. Before you answer, he would lie to you. <laughs> do you, wish, you can lie to me. That's fine. Um, and then also we have a uh, my. I did a show for a number of years with my best friend Aaron that we ended recently, uh, and then immediately the next week started uh, doing a new podcast project that um, several people in the world know about, and Colin is not one of them. So, and it bothers me every day. Like they gave me a couple hints, and I feel as if the two of you did not discuss what hints to give. No. So I feel like the two hints that you gave me. I already struggle to find the connection between that those two. But yeah. then the one that Aaron gave me is so like like left field baseball. Yeah. Like I'm just like, what the hell are they doing? That was a show. So um, that'll come out July first. Yeah, you have another show that is like way, way, way in the works, like yeah. way down the road. But I'm very that is one that I am privy to and I am stoked about that one for and sure. And then we we also decided to do a third thing, uh too so we, we we have some we have some more irons in the fire um, hell yeah so that's gonna be fun that. too. So, i love yeah, hearing people say stuff like that graham where can people find you boy you can uh you can find me on twitter just at g r r r a h a m t that is graham t with three r's in it because i'm always mad what are the what are the three r's stand something. for uh, they stand for uh, um, 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 reduce, reuse, recycle. Oh, oh that's actually good. very good. It's not what they initially stood for, but that's very good. No, but I have a whole list. I keep a list now. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't do any, uh, I guess I don't run or I'm not a regular on any podcasts. I appear on scavenger right. stuff all the time, but uh, I am a part of the Unlock team. I'm a regular streamer there. If you like video game voice actors, anime voice actors, all the source, uh, John Barrowman, he's on there as well. Uh, oh, interesting. There's an app called Unlocked. It's now for Android. It's on Apple. Anyone can get it. Anyone can download it and tune in on Sunday nights at 8.30, uh, 8 o'clock right now because Game of Thrones is going on. Uh, EST. <laughs> I stream there. Yeah, I give myself an extra 30 minutes. No, I'm saying <laughs> to eight, make sure eight, I can... 8 EST, just to make sure that people oh, know. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. I chat with voice actors. I chat with you guys. We talk about shows. It's It's a good time. Um, the Unlocked app's a good time. Mm-hmm. I recommend that to anyone, honestly. Very, very fun community. A lot of cool stuff going on. We're doing anime right now. Nice. Fun little promotion. All right, Achievement Hunter. I see you doing fun little uh, names for things. Um, also, well, I mean, like, yeah. Graham, not to speak for you, but Graham is also part of the Scavengers Play stuff that we do, which has been away for a while. Um, we've been kind of in yes, kind yes. of in limbo, trying to figure some stuff out um, for fixing it up. Um, uh, but it is coming back, uh, hopefully I mean, soon where we, we've started not, recording some stuff again, not to date the video, but, uh, uh, and also I'm a, I'm a scrub that watches everything on YouTube, but, uh, achievement hunters castle crasher video today really makes me want to play the game. Oh, I know. Well, here's the thing. We, I haven't finished putting out all the castle crashers that we've put out. And like, it's obviously I would kind of want to put the full one out because like Rebecca is great and I want her legacy to mm-hmm. live on here. But I also kind of want to start over and like, because now we have better equipment and we have uh, better gaming skills, hopefully. Um, so I kind of want to restart that, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll do the original, the OG run, and then we'll start a second run um, with a different crew, maybe. That's fun with me. <laughs> My bad. Jordan, please tell us about your podcast and where people can find you. Well, first, uh, before I forget, 
I've been playing a lot. Uh, Lindsay and I have been, my, my wife and I have been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 11. So if you want to play with us on PS4, we are Lil Molly Pup. L-I-L underscore Aww. Molly underscore Pup is our very intimidating uh, username on PlayStation. Mortal Kombat, please. Uh, but you Who's can your find- main in Mortal Kombat? Huh? Who do you usually play as in Mortal Kombat? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying right now. I'm trying to get used to playing as one of the new characters. Her name is Frost, uh, and she's like Sub Zero, but she can take her head off and throw it around. She's pretty good. She's hard to control. I'm a big noob Sabot guy, and I'm a purist, and I'm also a Scorpion person and a Liu Kang person. Um, mm. Just because I like their kicks, you know what I mean? Yeah, not nice you. Thanks, James. T Y James. That means thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can find uh, uh, me and my wife, Lindsay, on the Scavengers Network. We have a podcast called Spooky Spouses. Episodes come out every Monday. And we are on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky underscore Spouses. And uh, I have a personal Twitter and Instagram. It's mostly bike stuff and maybe some music things. Uh, at JRDN underscore Read. And that's it, I think. Just as a quick reminder, you can also find Jordan at Frog Police as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I have not. I, I've not been active on the Instagram because I have too many things uh, on it. Um, oh, also, you know what? I'm going to do M E M Z D U O, right? Yeah, I was going to say we were talking about music earlier, and um, one of my buddies, Turner Matthews, and I just started a duo, a new music duo uh, called Mems. M-E-M-Z duo. We're on Instagram. Uh, nothing else. But we also just released uh, our first little EP. If you go to Bandcamp oh, or just fun. search uh, Mems duo uh, on Bandcamp, um, you could find us. It would really mean a lot. I'm really proud of it. Um, so, Stephanie, where can people find you? At your local library. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I am That's a Zebra on Twitter and Instagram. I have a private account, but if I know you listen to the shows, subscribe to the channel and everything, um, like I'll see who you're following and everything. I will most likely follow you back and sometimes I don't check. So don't be offended. I'm just not good at checking that. But yeah, that's a zebra. I'm Morgan and I'm um, at Morgan Spatola, which is S-P-A-T-O-L-A on all of the social media that's where you can find me and then i also do a fun little monthly show called morgan needs a podcast yes. it's a show about making a show oh love it so much also i gotta say that ad that's so you, funny oh man you and mason knocked that out of the goddamn park he Boy, really hell, yeah it was good yeah it was it's yep, so yep. funny <laughs> I gotta and thank it, Mason for that. I mean, like, he but totally it's also just, so on brand for your style of humor and comedy. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it was I like great. The whole thing, I was like, God, that's such a Morgan ad, and I love it. <laughs> um, all right, Sam. Yeah, uh, you can follow me at Sam Grizzezes on Twitter. S A M G R E S Z E S E S E S. And yeah, hit me up there. Um, and what podcast? podcast oh yes are you on yes yes so so i'm on state your case i'm on intentional sounding uh it's a football podcast i do with the draw play dave state your case will be returning after i figure out how to schedule things well um but it's not dead it's not dead i promise right 
as we always say, season one ended and we're just, we're in pre-production on season two. On season <laughs> two, right, there we go. Uh, as always, you can find me at Colin M. Parker, that is C-O-L-I-N-M, as in Matthew Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. Uh, that is both on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find the Scavengers Network on Instagram at Scavengers Network. You can find the Scavengers Network on Twitter at Scavengers Net. Um, if you are interested in uh, the bonus episodes of Mid Takes, we've got uh, quite a few in the pipeline that are getting ready to come out this month and the following months, obviously. Um, we've uh, Not to tease anything necessarily, but we do have a really great episode that deals with the ghost detectives. Uh, that happened in episode 17, um, where we did some backstory on Noctis. Um, there is a very great episode dealing with their TV show coming to you from the uh, couple that makes Insanely Haunted. Uh, they are basically doing a parody of their own show about ghost detectives instead of ghost adventures. That's awesome. Um, so that is a lot of fun. So if you want to get involved on that, go to www.patreon.com slash the scavengers network. You can get bonus content for as little as $2. Um, I would love to have just, you know, a hundred $2 patrons rather than 10 $20 patrons. Um, I would much rather just have people enjoying all the bonus content that we put out. Multiple shows put out bonus content, uh, including I Don't Know Radio, who does a weekly bonus episode segment, and it is unbelievably funny. Um, I literally cried out laughed so hard at the one that came out this week. Um, so there you have it. That's www.patreon.com slash the scavengers network. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to follow this show on Twitter at MythTakesCast. Uh, tweet us with your theories, with your questions, with your things that you would like to see, or even games that you hope that we will get to uh, when we finally move on from Monster of the Week. Uh, let us know all of those things at MythTakesCast. We would love to hear from you, and you may find a character named after yourself, such as Kimberly Elizabeth or Jeff Riggs, or Jen, who is I never saw that, or um, Mongo, Mongo, which is not uh, someone in on Twitter, but it is named after a real life person's cat. Um, so it's a character that I made up while house sitting and watching that cat, and I was like, I've got to include him in this show because I love being Mongo very much. Okay, last but not least, this episode is dropping on May the 9th. This is our uh, one-year anniversary. Uh, we posted our very first episode. Uh, technically, um, happy one year to everyone who made this show possible. Yay. Oh, and yeah. we will so see you. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. It, it's it's so nice to see that this show uh, has lasted and has lasted like in a in a good way. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to say that, but like the fact that like it's it's going strong and has so much more room for for great things to happen. Really looking forward to uh, exploring that. So, as I said, May 9th is this episode, so that means that the next episode is May 23rd. May 23rd will be our bunker break, <laughs> and then after that, we'll be getting back into some uh, big mysteries. Ooh. So, we'll see you then. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.